Hello, everybody, and welcome to the People for Olson podcast. In this week's episode, our very own Mayor Mark Olson is sitting down and talking with local restaurant owner and entrepreneur Mark Bullis. Well, we are so thrilled to have you along on this journey here on the People for Olson podcast. We really hope that you've enjoyed listening to each and every single episode. We're excited that this week's episode with Mark Bullis is kicking off a series where we're going to be talking to some of the local business owners and entrepreneurs here in Onondaga County. We really hope that you enjoy listening to the podcast and getting to know more and more about each and every guest that we have on. Don't forget to head over to the website at peopleforolson.com so that way you can stay up to date on all things happening with the campaign. You can also follow us on Twitter and on Facebook to see everything that we're posting and the goings on of Mayor Mark Olson. And as always, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and then leave us a review and let us know what you think of the People for Olson podcast. Well, without further ado, here's this week's conversation between Mark Olson and Mark Bullis. Welcome, Mark. Thank you very much for being on the podcast today for the People for Olson podcast. Mark Bulls, owner of Bull and Bear, is it Enterprises or Inc. Incorporated? Or, it's or all. It just... It's all of those things. <laughs> it's made up of a, a whole bunch of different corporations. We were just talking. You're one of the few business owners in in the town of Manlius that has the village of Manlius, village of Fayetteville, and the town. You have what four? One, two, three locations in our three community. locations, three different concepts three. Yeah. in in the FM in the you know in the district. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about Bull and Bear and about yourself. So uh, you know I'm I'm a Eastwood guy. I grew up in the city and was uh, you know born and raised here, and uh, started Bull and Bear in '02 downtown, and went on to open the Roadhouse, the concept as it sits today in 2012 uh, in East Syracuse. Um, and uh, when we moved out, you know, when we moved finally from the city to the eastern suburbs uh, in 2016, my wife said to me, well, how long before we have a restaurant out here? And I said, nah, no, I, you know, <laughs> and I think it was by 18, we had secured the, the you know, the purchase of the, the old Hullers building and where we're sitting. And, and then it was from there, it was, you know, during COVID, we opened Yo Burrito, a whole different, whole different concept. And then now we're working on Green Lakes, um, the former Brian's Landing. You think about it. Yards Grill. You have taken over. I mean, Hullers was an institution. You know, you and I worked closely on Truth. on the backs. Yeah. You've gotten to deal with codes and planning and the whole opportunity to work with the village. You took over an institution in this community, and you've done an amazing job. Right. And now you're going to Green Lakes. And when I think about Green Lakes, I think about, you know, there's no other view in Onondaga County, like looking over that ninth green, looking down, I it's mean, amazing. Do you do you sit there and pinch yourself once in a while and say, "Oh my God, I've 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 fallen in to the lottery of, of locations," so, or do you think it's you know? A no, business, no, you know? I do. I think it's amazing. Um, so when you know, my dad passed away in two thousand three, and when when I started talking to the Hullers family about this building, the one thing I kept thinking about was like, my dad would think this was cool. Because this is the you know this is the center I think one of the oldest buildings that's still standing in the in the middle yeah. of the village, yeah. um, and being haulers for 107 years, and then I get the honor to like not only take it apart and 
I hopefully respectfully put it back together, which I, I hope we did. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, and but but then I get to carry that torch, you know, at least for a little while, right? Mm -hmm. um, and I hope what we built will last past me, you know, whether it's the brand, at least the building, right? Um, so yes, yes, we get, you know, I, I get the honor of doing this, and and, and so, like I said, it's all I could think of was my dad, you know, he would he would definitely think like, oh, that building, like yeah. everybody knows this building. Everybody in this community has a memory of, of Huller, sure. Whether it's coming here to eat for lunch or dinner or the coffee yeah. shop, my memories are working here in high school. Mm -hmm. You know, I worked here for three years, came back and washed dishes during college. I mean, it was just a place that everybody went to and everybody was proud of. Yeah. And I think you you're right, you have carried on that tradition that's so important to our community yeah so now green come, lakes you want to come back and wash dishes <laughs> you want to come back and wash this weekend <laughs> some days I we'll do it we'll oh do my it God. we're gonna get into that but um, <laughs> um so green lakes kind of fell into our lap um I, I i like to think it's because of the the brand that we built and um i think that uh the the, the former owner thought that we had the skill set to carry that and and that was a really honor um, so yes, we got Green Lakes now, uh, the best view in the county. We also control the other best view in the county, and we, we are the exclusive catering food and beverage for Skyline Lodge at Highland Forest. Oh, I didn't know that. Which is the, so yeah, both good views. Oh my God, you yeah. You get some bull and bear yeah. going on. Um, we're putting in a whole new concept there called Yards. Um, so it, it'll be a slightly elevated version of what you would expect at a country club or golf course, uh, along with some really fun, uh, we're calling them tur the turn menu, you know, which would be at the beach as well. We've got concessions there. So, um, you know, smash burgers and hot dogs and things like that. But again, well thought out, well plated, that stuff. Last summer I went up a couple times and one time it was just, just an incredible night. The weather was perfect. Yeah. I'm eating a lobster roll, and, and it was an amazing meal. And I'm sitting there going, that's a lot to, you know, take over and do. But mm -hmm. I'm excited to hear you've got a, a concept and an idea. I know you hired a good chef, and, you know, Anthony yeah, we, there. Yes, we did. Yes, we did. It's now the second time I've hired him. Really? Yeah. I didn't I, know that. Well, we hired him for malt. Chris, Chris oh, and yeah. I. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, our guy Chris Biley from EXO. He, um, him and I interviewed him on the phone, and he was away at State, you know, State College, Pennsylvania, working there. Okay. So we brought him here, and now now we get to work together again. So, Great so the idea of this podcast is, you know, one to let people know about your business. Yep. The next three sessions are about local businesses, and to me, you're one of those unique businesses because you're in each village in the town. Also, to get the people to know you, you know, the big thing that I've been trying to do is connect the dots. So right. you work with the municipalities, three different municipalities, to do your projects. Yeah. And then you've worked in this system, so you you have, and you're working. You know, in East Syracuse, I know you talked about doing catering at the airbase, and you've been doing other events. So you've been affected by COVID greatly. So it's just a, a way for people to get to know you sure. and to get to, to hear, you know, the good and the bad and, you know, what you want out of your local government and mm -hmm. your county government. So I really do want to say thank you. I know you're looking at me like, you're welcome. what the hell is he going to ask me next? But this is really um, kind of just letting people know. You know, mm -hmm. we have close to 50 viewers every week that view this online or listen to it online through the podcast. And to me, it's been important. You know, I've learned a lot, and, and I just did learn something. I didn't know you had the, the sky, the skyline. Yeah, was yeah. that brand? So is it? Yeah, we, we so, so that we won that bid two weeks before COVID. Wow. We interviewed and um, hired a coordinator for that venue, so we're partnered with the county on that. Um, 
and from there that brings in other county things that we we suddenly have access to cater mm -hmm. um, very similar to the state actually you know there's pavilions there that you know we I don't know if we get first dibs but they say hey there's a caterer here on site and yeah. you know so um, but we two weeks before COVID COVID happens no weddings no nothing so over the summer we remodeled that lodge um, and put our own twist on it and and bought new furniture and plates and all this stuff so we're ready to go this year mm -hmm. you know so it's is been, it it's is it getting a, any is it getting any better with like reservations or is it you for, know, i know for if, catering yeah um yeah yeah definitely the with that thing being county owned it they their their rules were a little more steadfast than some of the private places so the brides that were there were more cautious to rebook it took a little longer, but now you can see that opening up and people are, you know, we just did a tasting, a mass tasting up there. We had 35 uh, couples uh, and they and, and threw a, a mock wedding and it was a lot of fun. And you just saw people sort of just getting back into, yeah. it didn't feel COVID. No, I, I still think we're going to be drinking from this fire hose. And you, you've kind of been on two, I've read in the paper recently, you know, you, the chicken wing and then the labor market yeah you know you and and i i'm glad that someone has come out there and said because when we went through this i don't think we ever thought this would be a problem no you know i don't think we ever we we went through the toilet paper thing and then we went through the hand sanitizer and then we were in the mask and then we were shut you know and and now who would ever thought we were going to have a problem with labor or you know getting product i think it's only going to get worse right with you know because you hear the gas shortage now and you hear the inflation and you hear all these prices I mean, do you see anything else happening that's going to affect your business? Because I know labor is a huge, you know. The labor, in my opinion, is the root cause of almost all of the rest of it. So anything that goes on a truck right now, they're not, the trucks aren't moving. So we talked about gas. It's not a gas shortage. It's a supplier shortage, right? right? So the same's happening in the food markets. We're seeing that. Um, chicken wings from, from the producer themselves all the way to the guy at Cisco who, you know, who picks it and puts it on a truck and brings it over to your, all of that is going to skyrocket. We're now having to pay way more than minimum wage. Not that we ever paid minimum wage. Right. I mean, you know, uh, um, competition makes it so you don't pay minimum wage. So that's a little bit of a, an illusion, but we're paying way more than that. So at this point, the only thing you can do is, aside from use some of the grant money, is you pass that on into some increased pricing. You are going to see, in my opinion, over this summer, every single thing that goes on a truck, which is everything, start to really come up. We've seen it, the gas pumps. We're seeing it in food right now. You're seeing it in lumber. Lumber is 100, 200%, right? Bump Aren't up. you glad you did? Because there's lumber everywhere in there. <laughs> I know. You I got to sit there I know, yeah. and think, oh my God, thank God I did this one. I, I wonder, did it. speaking of which, I wonder, this This is all local. This is all, uh, you know, from a, a, a guy down in New Woodstock. I wonder what they're doing for, because we're talking about Doug Fur that's coming over the border yeah. from Canada, right? And we're talking about like Home Depot lumber. I wonder what the local, I got to call him. That's a good yeah. idea. Well, I was talking to one of our friends, and for everybody that uh, we're, we're in the business together, so in the food service business together, and he's not going to deliver pizzas on Saturday. Doesn't have the labor. Just flat out said, I'm not doing it because I don't have right. the people. And I wonder what's going to happen. You know, is this, what's the next shoe 
or next thing to happen to, to restaurants. And because it was never the intention to, to have unemployment take people out of the workplace. It was to help them. But it's had the opposite effect. Of, and I think you've mentioned this, that it took them out of the workplace and they're not coming back. No. Um, I said, first of all, that the... The news outlets now call me when, when they want to hear someone complain. I, I'm pretty sure this is what it is. Oh, here's an issue. Mark Pulse will say, he'll have something to say. Right. So I said in, 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 on, the, uh, on the Channel 9 interview that I think this will be more detrimental to our industry. I'll expand that to most industries than the pandemic itself. With the pandemic, the general public understood Okay. We were all in it together, truly. Yeah. We were all very afraid. We didn't go out. We all stayed home. And then when they came to, the, to order food here, they were very generous to the servers. They were very generous with their orders. The general public was great during that. And we also were able to reduce our staffing to meet, as best we could, to meet the demand or the lack of demand at the time. Right. Now, the opposite's happening. People are coming in. But the general public doesn't always understand that there's a labor shortage. So you get this pushback of like, well, if you paid better, people would be at your... Yeah, that's, they yeah. don't understand. Yeah. It isn't overly being covered on, the, uh, you know, on mainstream media. It's not covering it mm -hmm. the way that we would hope. This is a crisis, a massive crisis. And your landscaper, your roofer, your everybody's in it. Yeah. Except the people who are not. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, and your fixed costs are there no matter what. It's it is. It's, you know what I mean? So it's not like you know you're sitting there saying, right. "Oh, I'm going, I'm putting all this." You're, you, you had to, all the way through the pandemic, your cost didn't change. Your fixed costs now, obviously, your food and your labor, blah blah. But now, people are ready to go out. I, 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 people want to get out there. They want to go eat. They want to do it. But the business is there, right? Even with the restrictions, even with the you know still the seventy five percent seating, and I know some of that changed recently. But even with that, the the, the it's there. Yeah. You asked what would happen if, uh, you know, what's the next thing? One of our friends isn't going to deliver pizza. I mean, can you imagine being in the pizza business and not delivering yeah. because no one can drive the car? Yeah. That means, you ask what's next? We don't open on Monday. Or we take three restaurants, yeah. and because we don't have enough staff, we close one and we push all the staff to the other. Yeah. I talked to our owner who it's did bad. that. Yeah, who it's did bad. that? He, he was closed on Mondays. Now he's closed on Mondays and Tuesdays. Yeah. And he said to me, I can't, there's nothing I have to, I don't have the labor to do it, so that's what I did. Right. He goes, for me, it's okay right now, but I know it's not a long-term solution that I want to do because I want to be open. I want to give them hours. Sure. I want to take care of my customers, and more people want to go out and eat because mm -hmm. they've been inside so long. There's, there's, this, there's a strange, um, again, general public, uh, a, a lot of people would think, okay, well, just, you know, you're the owner, take less money, give it out to you. Yeah, okay, makes sense. However we all have to make sure that we're here, not to just save our skins and save our business. There's a hundred families that work here. Yeah. So all of that comes through. You have to think this process through. Like, if I'm not here, a hundred jobs aren't here. Yeah. So yes, it's important for what happens on my dinner table, but it's really important for what happens on all the, everyone's dinner yeah. table that's involved in here. And that includes who I buy from. Right? I mean, oh, yeah. there's yeah. a bunch of families where you know where you used to work. And, right. and you know, so yeah. it's... What got you in this business? Because I know you, you and I talked, you, you used to work yeah. at Carrier, correct? I worked at Carrier. Yeah. So I, 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 I grew up in an Italian household, and I always liked 
we hosted at my house, right? You put the food out and everybody's happy and around the food. And so when I was uh, in my mid-20s, mid to late 20s, I discovered a place called Awful Al's. And it's still that, right? <laughs> yeah. So I, I know it sounds weird, uh -huh. but at my late, and, and they had such a hospitality at the time. And I thought, wow, like I need to be a part of this, something like this. Um, of course, there were, you know, there were girls, that helped, yeah. and drinks, and that helped, and it was a lot of fun. And, um, but at the end of the day, I like throwing the party, you know? So yeah. uh, it's a natural thing for me. I, was, I wanted to be an art teacher. I was gonna ask you, because I go to East Syracuse and I see the door come, come and I'm like, where the hell do you, where okay. do you come up? So, you come up with these things I know, and I'm sitting there going, that makes sense now that you like art and you're... I, yeah, I want Because like in here, when you showed me this when you were in construction, mm -hmm. I was like, oh, I don't know if that's going to, you know what I mean? And then now it's done and I'm like, oh my God, people love it. It works. You know? Yeah. Right. So it, going from wanting to, to teach art and have those creative outlets, I, I get to do that now through food, through plating... Um, you know, through design, and uh, you know, I'm, I'm not, I'm not ultimately awesome at all of those things, but I get to do that. I get to, I get to go get even to a McDonald's occasionally and be inspired by something and bring it back, yeah. and then turn that into something else. Um, so, so it fit. Because you're unique in yeah. a way that most like small business owners, you're, you're general contractor. Mm -hmm. Your general manager yeah. and your president, you know, or, you know, yeah. of, you have a lot of hats that you wear. Plus, what, was it six or seven venues that you're, or eight with catering? I mean, I don't know how many. <laughs> yeah. I mean, three, it's a three lot. Yeah, three Bull and Bears, uh, two catering companies, uh, the burrito shop, and now Yards. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so eight, yeah. nine. Well, that's I'd a lot. Of, that's Let's a lot of hats yeah. and a lot of balls in the air. What keeps you going every day? Just that passion? Um, I'm, I am accomplishment driven. Uh, and, and I, it, it's this, we're just, just talking about this. Um, I'm not a financially driven person. I'm accomplishment driven. I like the pat on the back. I like when people say, hey, hey, it's good. I like it. Yeah. I mean, being honest, like, you know, wearing it on my sleeve, that's the fact. So that's what gets me up in the morning. I, I, you know, I wanna, you know, call my mother and say, "Hey, guess what? This, uh, yeah. we just did this," and I want her to say, "Like, wow, that's great. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> that's it." I do like the idea that we do provide something that takes care of all these, you know, that provides jobs for. It, it, yeah. it, there's a lot to be said. It's nice to be able to give and all those really good things. But talking about getting up every day, it's about that. Yeah, I. I I have people that, you know, oh, I gotta go to work. I'm like, find something else to do then, you know? Find something you love to get up to every day and can't wait to get going for it because to me that's what makes places like this tick. Sure. What's uh, Yo Burrito? How's it going? I mean, is it really I good? I know it's really new, but. It's, it's really good. Yeah? Yeah, I'm happy, happy with, with it. it. Yeah. yeah, it was. Um, it's the opposite of these in the sense that it's bright colors and super modern and it's uh you know super modern finishes and the food is is uh mostly produce because it's you know mexican food by you know just by nature that genre can be lots of produce as we're talking about the salsas and things like that it's all house made so uh 
it's just it's it's neat. It's it's, it's the uh, you know that interaction. Like speaking of that pizza person, we were talking about it. And he he was always saying that he sees that our gen, the millennials want to be able to. Yeah. I want that. I want this. I yep. want this. I want this. And to me, that's I think that's you're on that that ahead of the curve a little bit, you know, because you could do anything in that concept if you wanted to change your mind down the road and say, oh, I want to do a whatever, right? It's I funny because originally we wanted the space next door, which was a full, a, you know, a full uh, depth of the plaza. Mm -hmm. And then this little, where Yo Burrito ended up was a little bakery. I was going to take both spaces, put Yo Burrito in, and then incubate every 10 months a new concept there. So I've got a Vietnamese and, 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 and uh, pho concept and ramen, like a, a noodles concept. Basically, I've got a, a takeout Italian concept that I, you know, but modern Italian. Um, it, but we didn't get both spaces. So I don't know, you know. Yeah. It was the idea of like doing a ghost kitchen, but not. Because I don't think, I don't, I don't personally don't think uh, this market's ready for, to buy things that we can't see and touch and smell and, and recognize. Yeah. I just don't think we're there yet. Um, so I was going to do it, you know, 10 months at a time. Here's, you know, here's this new, so maybe that'll happen someday. I don't know. I, I was on a comprehensive, the town's doing a good uh, comprehensive plan of the whole town. And one of the things I put on there is services that we don't currently have so that we don't have to drive to, you know, like right now, other than tops to get a donut, where do you get a donut besides Dunkin' Donuts? So I think of, you know, glazed and confused or something, so, something like that. Yes. In, you you have to drive there to get it, but mm -hmm. boy, it'd be nice to have it closer. Mm -hmm. Or you know, now we have the you know because before we did, it was either Chipotle or Mo's, but now we have Yo Burrito, so it's perfect. Things like that, I think we need more of, you know, yes. and and less, you know, no no more ten Dunkin' Donuts or no more whatever. Let, let's you know, have one of each or two of each at the most. It's funny because you earlier you mentioned working with codes and and local government. One of the things that in my, in my career, us now 20 years, I've seen change is codes have gotten harder for the independent to launch, especially a restaurant, right? Yeah. We've got heavy plumbing codes in, in Ondog County versus other counties, parking codes. You know, there's, there's the codes have made that so that really you end up with a little bit of a homogenization of your choices because now really it's corporate that can afford, right? Big national change can yeah. afford to navigate these codes. When I was a kid, they opened restaurants and houses in the Italian restaurant, right? Okay, that doesn't happen anymore. Um, but it is harder and harder to do that, especially in the suburbs. Mixed use downtown's a little easier for independents. Local government, local codes, helping out guys like me. And again, I want to advocate for the independent. Um, huge benefit. So when I have access to the mayor, cell phone, yeah. and I'm in the middle of a project that's very scary for a guy who is self-funded and not a big corporate national, right? Yeah. Uh, it's, a, it's a giant benefit to us, you know, yeah. to have the codes guy, in this case, next door, right? Um, so, it, Probably if there was something that working with those guys and you know with with, with the local government um, is having them understand the difference yeah, yeah. and having them take into account that. That's a good perspective because I've had that I, the senior center we just renovated it and I went through the grease trap thing and I'm like, 
we serve 20 meals a day and they're, you know. Right. And $18,000 later in the grease trap oh. for the, the taxpayers had to pay for it. I'm like, come on. There's got to be another. There's got to be. I understand if A is, but have, have some, you know, ability to work through some of these issues and be able to. And they were, we wouldn't get, we wouldn't get final plumbing if we hadn't done that. And, th- and that was a, yeah. us doing some of the work and us buying the, you know, the grease trap. But at the end of the day, you know, I was like, so I get it. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the things I want to bring to county government. I went to the, the, the meeting yesterday and they were talking about the body cameras and the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm sitting there going, I didn't say anything, but I'm like, Town of Manics has had them since 2014. And they've been a good thing for the Town of Manics. And, and there's pros and cons to everything, but at the end of the day, it's still there. it protects the public, it protects the police officer. But that perspective, no one's saying that perspective of somebody who's been through it, done there, mm-hmm. gone through. And so that, that, that relationship to me is the most important part because if they get it and they understand it, then they may be able to say to WEP or somebody at the county, have you ever thought about, you know, because now the city is going through hoods. If you try to get a hood in the city, forget it. Right. Forget it. And I've said it to the mayor yeah. a couple times. I, life safety things, absolutely. But some of this is, you know, when you're going above and beyond code just because you can, that doesn't make it right. You know. In this state, there are cutoffs for uh, certain things that we have to do. And I'll give you an example. Minimum wage changes from here to Manhattan. If I have a certain number of empl- over a certain number of employees, I have to do, uh, you know, maybe I've, you know, the code yeah. is different right. for labor, let's say. But I know we're not brainstorming, but what if? What if those codes didn't change, but there was a way to subsidize? If you want to cultivate locals to subsidize some of those codes that, like you're talking about, you know, um, $18,000 grease trap for an independent who really wants to launch a donut shop versus Dunkin' Donut, two very different things. Same grease trap, same money. Two different things to those two groups. They have six hundred of them to pull from. You know, you know we could, have one. Could, could you could you could you come up with a pull for that? Yeah. Um, to, and again, that's provided you want to you want to cultivate the local. Uh, yeah. And I would think so. Oh my God. I would think it, so. It, it, the whole pie, you know, Ryan's pie, which is poverty, infrastructure, and economic development. Everything we do is trying to the economic development piece is because it lowers the burden on the taxpayers. Mm-hmm. Every sales tax dollar you generate goes to the county and the city and that helps lower those taxes. As long as we don't overdevelop and as long as we get, you know, it fits into the character and the quality, we right. should do those things because it helps, one, it puts people to work, mm-hmm. which then creates income tax revenue for the state. It creates income for the, the resident. You know, they can help their family. It, it's, it's this ripple Cycle effect. of life, right? Like exactly. Like, yeah, you know, yeah. And infrastructure is important. We're seeing that now. Just like you have to do here. You have to maintain your infrastructure. If you don't, it's just going to cost you double, triple. Look at look at it. You know, if yeah. you hadn't done this three years ago, what would it have cost? Could you have even have done it at forty percent or one hundred percent more? Maybe not. Maybe the economics didn't work. So to us, I think that's a really good thing. Yeah. You know, and and we're fortunate in this area that we have all the commercial businesses are full, but that's not always going to be the case. Right. You know, like somebody just closed after a few years, and I I was going to call you because I'm like. You, you've talked about a, an idea for another concept, and I'm like, oh, that would be a perfect place for, for Mark or somebody like you to go and open. See, because it's, I think people don't understand. People think restaurant owners are just making money hand over fist. It's just not the case. It's just, it's a really tough business. And it has that, 
you know, you know, to think about what you go through and, and what it just doesn't have to be a restaurant or it can be any small business owner. Sure. What they go through. I mean, any any words of advice for someone that wants to get into this business? Oh. Yeah. Um, well, this particular business or any small business. No, owner. I think that there's you know there's a there's. I think funding's important. Uh, you know, we we've we've been told. Uh, oh, you guys are the only ones to do anything with that building in Liverpool, you know? So we, we've got a successful restaurant in a building in Liverpool that was built in 1994 and turned tenants, right? We went in there in 2015 and we've had a good run. Um, but the difference was I went in with enough capital and I was able to take, you know, to own the property. And therefore I was able to do the things that were that needed to be fixed in the building. Mm -hmm. And I don't mean just physically fixed, but the flow and HVAC and the things that don't work and they make people not wanna come back, okay? So funding's important. So I had a young entrepreneur in front of me. We go over the economics of their, of their project because it costs eight grand to fill your bar with liquor. Yeah. You don't consider that, right? Yeah. Ah, we'll do it later when we, when we get going. No, that doesn't work either. Yeah. It's a highly competitive, highly conceptual business now. Family restaurant doesn't exist. The general sports pub doesn't exist anymore. Everything is niche, right? It's turned to that. And that's from Instagram and television and all those things. You jumped on board early on that. On what? Social media. Yeah, a, a little, a little. Yeah. You know, was, <laughs> you just said that uh, about earlier about the... Um, about what a tough business this is. And sometimes I find myself reading comments and I shouldn't, I shouldn't, I shouldn't, I shouldn't, but I, Trust me, I don't do, get into politics. I do, and I wanna say, can we do a Facebook Live and I will give you a economics lesson in the restaurant business so you don't think that we are killing. Yeah. It's, it, it is a very, very slim margin, this business, which is why guys come and go so fast. Right. Yeah. Um, Cause you're number a, one you're failure, a success right? story. You're, I mean, when you think about it, you, you're, you, you, not many people can do and, and have done what you've done because, like, I don't even know what the number is, 90% fail in the first year I and 95% so. fail in I the first so. three years or something like that. So to get through that hump mm -hmm. is, a, is a, you know, a very hard thing to do. And yeah. it takes a lot of work. I think of Dominic's, God rest his soul, but he was Dominic's. He was there every day. I know. He worked every day. And... Now it's being it's closed and it's being sold, and I understand the family doesn't want to do it anymore. But sure. that was look at all those families that have lost their jobs, mm -hmm. and the COVID just decimated the restaurant. And that's the restaurant business. But that's what I was hoping people realized how important restaurants are and right. food services because you you miss going out, you miss seeing your friends, you miss having dinner with mm -hmm. you know everybody and going out and relaxing and stuff. And now I'm that's why I think out of COVID, this is hopefully people really respect what you guys do for the community and all the fundraisers. I know you guys have done a bunch of fundraisers for people and could do that when you were closed or when you were downsized, no. you know. Now you can get, hopefully, when you get back on your feet, do those. Or maybe somebody should do one for you guys and say, oh, thank you. <laughs> you know, thank you for, you know. We, um, the federal government did a fundraiser for us. Yeah. Well, recently. did you get into that, the county program with the uh, gift, gift cards? I was so busy. Somebody called, I forget what other owner, you know, one of my peers called me and said, did you do this? And I go, what? <laughs> That's how uh, focused we've been on everything else. I just, I didn't see it. Yeah. Um, you know, we, 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 our mail and stuff comes into this building. 
from all the stores and it, it sometimes things that came and went before I even but that yeah. tells you how I mean four hours was sold out you know gone yeah that yeah. tells me that people care and people want to help and to me yeah that stimulus money should go right or a good portion of that should mm -hmm. go back into these local businesses to help them you know what one of the things that happened when we closed down um, that I realized very quickly is that we when I say we I, this the, the, the restaurant network okay Na nationally could you imagine what the supply chain or the spider web would have done if we were all really closed oh you want to no. show how essential your local restaurant is if we closed during this your grocery stores would have been panic bought gone oh yeah yeah there was so, no way they could handle that they couldn't so, even handle what they had really and from the distributors down through you just you couldn't get enough you know people and trucks and we fed yeah i forget the number there's a there's a uh, you know people eat about a pound and a half of food a day and you just start doing the math on how many people live in Onondaga County, 600,000 people, right? And you start to break that down and how you couldn't put that inside a Wegmans no. and, have it, and have it, you know, come in every day. So the restaurants were so important to that. Um, we've created now probably with yards and everything, it'll be 130 or 150 jobs we've created. And one of the things that I think local government misses is that we in this business get no love for that. That gets that gets like oh the restaurant jobs, the restaurant jobs. Yeah. There's career people here, and things like that. And sometimes I watch a tech company hire 15 people and they're getting an award. You know, so we shouldn't overlook that from the government side of of things, and uh, even just from a recognition of like. Hey, you created 130. They're not throwaway jobs, not by no, any means. No. I've got a guy who's here who started with me in 2002, still with me. You know, um, I, there's, a, there's a woman working in this building right now who started in 2012 and was my second hire when we went to, you know, when we opened the first roadhouse. Still here, an adult yeah. with a family, you know? Yeah. So I'd love to see. I'd love to see a little bit of that because it, you know, it is hard to watch like, you know, five jobs get celebrated with an award and a grant and a this and yeah. a that. And we're like, created 130. And to me, that's a perspective that needs to be brought up and Should needs be. to be brought out because I think it's important that people realize that, you know what, you're just one of hundreds of owners, you know, that don't have as much as you, but you know, there's a fair amount of people in the restaurant business in this area, and that's not. And that you talk about Cisco, you talk about the equipment providers, you talk about the paper providers, you talk about yeah. the chemical people, you talk about your linen people. Mm -hmm. You talk. You, the list goes on and on and on of all of those industries yes. that help support yes. your, you know, your cash register, you know, company, and the IT company, and security. Mm -hmm. The list goes on and on and on. To me, that's what. Yeah, you're right. More people need to realize instead of going to you and saying, "Can you help donate to this?" Yeah, which we love to do when when times right. are good, but times. It's been a long, I mean, it's been, you know, people say, oh, it's been a year, a little over a year. And it's been a lot, you know, to go from here mm -hmm. to here yeah. and then to climb your way back up. And then you have additional costs, right? All the cleaning supplies, all the partitions, mm -hmm. less seating, but still the same burden, same, same thing. So what else can local governments do? Well, we're, so to, br to bring that back around to how essential it is, and that's why I bring up the jobs and, and how, permanent they can be 
is that the, you know, when we saw all of a sudden these restaurants were basically the only thing open for those, for that short time and the grocery store. So just keep in mind that that is, that we were that essential. We were that essential. essential. Vital. Vital. Better word. Because you know what? I I, I said, (coughs) said the same thing. The police, the firemen, the EMS workers, the DPW workers, mm-hmm. clerks, coats, they had no, it wasn't, um, can you please come north today? We have a job to do. The governor said, all your services are essential. Sure. Get going. They, to me, played a vital role, just mm-hmm. as much as healthcare mm-hmm. workers, just as different roles. Right. But you guys played a vital role in people's quality of life. For sure. And to me, that, when they say essential, no. Vital. Because people did. People didn't have the word, you know, my father-in-law's 90. There was a few nights where we called and said, you know, got him to go meals because he just didn't, you know, didn't want to cook anymore, didn't want to do this. And right. to me, that's in C-stores and grocery stores, all. You guys didn't have choices. You had to be open to help us through this process. Right. So, sorry. Yeah. That, no, it was, it was, it was, it was wild. You asked me a question right before I went back on that. What else can, what else could local governments like your town or the county or the villages do? Now we're doing an economic um, it's just about to come out. You're going to get a letter about facades and improvements that the county gave us a Main Street grant program. So oh. we're going to put up 50% up to $10,000 and you're going to put up 50%. So we'll pay five and you pay five if you want to do, you know, new signage, new painting, new roofs or something to f- fix up the front of your business or the or your business is all. The county gave us a grant for 30000 So six people are going to get, six businesses in the community are going to get that grant. Manlius has it too. So Got that it. just came out. Is there anything yeah. else you think that, you know, no, I think that, you know, again, from my perspective as an independent, probably what we talked about earlier, yeah. if, if, there, if, if there could be some provisions to help, you know, give, give, the, give the local startup a nudge, whether yeah. it be financial to get through some of those codes, but streamlining some of the code process, I know especially in the city, um, it's gotten tricky. Yeah, and, you know, you with, dealt with, you dealt with the town of Duet. Yeah. It's town of Salina. Or was that? Clay. Clay. Town of Manlius, yep. Village of Fable, Village of Manlius, and State Park. Oh my lord! And the city. And the- <laughs> I was in this. Remember, I was in the city 13 years. But those. The, the, <laughs> you should teach a class. They were re- the city was, the city was easier than, uh, than from what I hear. And listen, nothing that I'm saying now is meant to. I'm saying this from a place of. No. I'm outside of it. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but I know that streamlining. Helping streamline the codes process for a local, for you know, especially for local developers or local tenants. Sometimes we get caught up in the mix when we're we're not the building owner. That happened to me in DeWitt. Um, you know, you're 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 there and you're not really the you, you know you don't yeah, really own the it, four walls, yeah. but you're all of a sudden in this codes mix, and it's hard to navigate when you're. You're not a, you know, sometimes you hear, well, sir, you're, you're a developer. And you're like, no, I make hamburgers. Yeah. Can you guys help me? So I don't, you know, so those things, um, having, having, ha- having someone or some department that's really there to help, truly, yeah. Yeah. do a little handholding. Yeah. Um, I know back in 2002, economic development in the city, I was looking for my first place, right? I've just gotten this taste of like, being a bartender, I'm like, I'm gonna open a place. No money, no idea what I'm doing. Never served food ever, and I buy this pub downtown. Well, I found somebody to buy it with me, right? Mm-hmm. And then, you know, the developer completely took the building apart, so we had about six months to wait 
until it got put back together, which turned into a year. So a year later, I'm, you know, economic development actually helped me. One of the people that worked there at the time, mm-hmm. I don't know if it was their actual job or he was just very generous with his time. He helped me navigate, first of all, finding the place, you know, he, he sort of brokered the deal. Yeah. Um, and, and then helped me navigate some of the programs that were available at the time. We didn't end up taking advantage of because the landlord helped us out a lot. But I don't know if that all still exists, is what I'm saying. It's there should be some way for that. For and I think that should be because, you know, so I listened to an NPR the other day. It's still 70% small businesses in the country. You know, we think about the corporations, but it's sure. still 70% of small businesses. So to me, anything we can do to help those small businesses mm-hmm. navigate that. Codes is tough because you and I went through it. We had a lot of conversations. Some of it's life safety. There's no, there's yeah. no, we have to do those things. We have to make sure that right. somebody does that. Some of the other things, you're right. There could be an easier process. But at the end of the day, we're all trying to get to the same place. You're trying to get open. We're trying to get you open. It's that road of how we right. get there. And sometimes right. I, you know, I get a lot of people saying, oh, the planning board or the zoning board or the, you know, I'm like, they're volunteers. They're trying to do. The, they are doing the right thing in their mind. It's just sometimes there's difference of opinions. But I think right. if people understood the process more, yeah. that's why I say to some people, there's openings. Would you like to be on the planning board and go and see the process from the backside? Yeah. I think everybody needs to always look at it from the other seat. You know, I need right. to take your seat. And you need to take my seat. Okay. And here's what you're responsible for. And here's what I'm responsible for. And have that empathy for each other. But be able to communicate and be able to have a relationship that's strong enough to say, no. You know, I think we had a couple frank conversations where I was like, a couple frank conversations. No. Me like, no. But we're at better the end of the day, it. we wanted to, of course. We wanted to help you. We wanted you open. There was just things that we needed to make sure that we're done. And you were, I mean, there's not many people that could have done this project and done it the way you did it. Because, you know, as soon as you opened this building up, you were like, oh my. Wow. Yeah, it was you know I mean? stage four A little cancer. easier in Manlius where it's, you know, a pretty straightforward building and then the Green Lakes is established. But yeah. you went through it a little bit in East Syracuse. That building needed a ton of work. And, yes, you know. yes. It wasn't 200 years old, but it was, you know, yeah. but, it, you know, this this building had rot we didn't know about. We had, there was, you know, this, the timbers in this building are, are from 1825. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was, I, you know, wow, that was yeah. crazy. Um this industry, you just mentioned it, our industry, I think is the first, second, or third, and, and I don't think it's the first, largest employer in whole in the country. One of the f- food service companies, that Garland, and they're called Wellbuilt, so Frymaster, Dean, Wellbuilt, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Lincoln, they just sold, I think it was $3.5 billion. And you think, Garland? You know, or... Yeah, there's some conglomerates and some, you know, just on that side sure. alone. And you're just talking about the equipment. You're not even talking about the furniture or the, you know, what is Cisco's annual sales or U.S. Food's annual sales mm-hmm. or Lorenzo's or, you know, Minio's. You know, think right. about all these local companies, Andy's Produce. That's why I think it's exciting that the more we can get the restaurant industry back on their feet and help small businesses mm-hmm. and help the food service, because everybody's got to eat. The trend is, I learned it last night. It used to be 75% of the people that wanted to buy a house wanted a big house, and 25% wanted to downsize. It's completely flipped in the last 10 years. 75% want to downsize, and 25% want to get bigger houses because their baby boomers are retiring, and millennials, so they don't, baby boomers don't want to cook. They want to eat out more, and millennials love to eat out. 
and right. love to have income, they, they build it into their budget. So to me, this is a growing industry. It's a tourism, and we've already seen it. You know, and New York has done some nice things, but I think you're right. Some of the regulations and some of the other stuff has to be a little bit easier to go into business because not everybody can afford to do what you did. No. Or have the resources or the knowledge. Right. Or to be able to say, oh, done that, been there, I, done that. Yeah. I, I don't know if it's, you know, I, I don't know if it was, uh, it was planned or it was just, you know, uh, or, or I was too stupid to, to, to not be afraid. But the, our growth came from, from that. It was head, head and shoulders into the thing, you know. We would get an idea, you know, uh, we visited, you know, we visited Liverpool uh, property just to see because someone had suggested it. Yeah. And a week later, we were going to open a restaurant there. Was zero planning. You know, so it, it's, you know, I don't know if it's dumb luck is what I'm trying to say or, yeah. or whatever, but. Well, I saw this last yeah, night, right. and, and, and if you read that, Anthony uh, did it up for me, but think about that, you know, and for our listeners, it's six things that, you know, strong people, you know, do. And I'm thinking about, I'm looking at that going, that's a restaurant owner. You know, that's, that's people, small business owners, that's people that have a vision, passion, uh, and we need more of that. And to me, that just you know, yes. kind of hit what I like to do because people are saying, "What, what are you doing?" You know what I mean? And right. I'm like, "Listen, if you have passion and you have and you're able to pivot, you've had to pivot, <laughs> you know, how many times? And, and since you started this business, and every day you're right. looking at new things to do and new ways to come up with things, and that's why you're successful. The one thing that uh, there's a couple of things when COVID came around that really that I'm really proud of. We didn't miss an hour of service. When, when this was coming down by Monday, when we had to open up with to, to nobody, basically, or, or you know, just delivery only, we had reduced staff, we reduced the menu um, down to what we felt we could safely, and you know, we, we didn't know, right? We never missed a minute. We kept going, and then as things opened up, we, we got ahead of that. Now, this industry, and you know this, this is a predictive industry. We look at last year's yeah. weather forecast to find out what happened this week, you know, and so on and so forth, to predict what to buy, what to prep, and how many people to, to, to schedule. The last 16 months, you haven't been able to predict anything. So yeah. That's a great point. It's, it's been, yeah. It has been, you know, for people like me that are wired like me, it's nerve-wracking, you know, to, to not know what tomorrow may look like. It's gotten easier. But now with labor, again, you can be a moment away from, you know, when there's two guys doing four guys' jobs, one of those guys goes down. You may yeah. not be, right. you may not be serving hamburgers because there's nobody to cook them. Well, that was the other. Very That's stressful. The next thing. I wonder Very what's going to happen. So when chicken goes, right? You can't get chicken anymore. You know, is is beef going to be the next? You know, is everybody going to move their menu to beef or pork? I mean, there's so many. Like, I'm just trying to. I wish I had a crystal ball to figure out what the hell sure. is the next. Whoever thought lumber and and you know pools? You can't buy a pool until. Forget it. You know, Some I'm of just those things wondering are so what that next. You know, what I mean? we're we're prepared obviously, right. and we. I think if we can get through this, we can get through anything. But what is that next? Our industry right now. You're talking about everybody's talking about chicken wings, right? Yeah. Chicken wings are $140 a case. I would have to sell chicken wings on the table 10 for $24. 
to really make it work out. Now, my son I know. came here last Friday from Baltimore and he goes, Dad, I want to go. And I go, you're not getting them. And he goes, oh, I'm going to go up there. And I said, you better call first. And he did. And, you, and they were We put menu. a blurb in the menu. So yeah. it's just, it's embarrassing and we're not going to do it yeah. to you. Um, you know, and again, general public might say, well, geez, that's a big spread and so on and so forth. But that's what, to, you know, to get a nickel at the end, you have to, you know, for the insurance and all the stuff that gets balled into that yeah. chicken wing price, we, we can't sell it for less. So we're not going to. That's it. Yeah. And I feel bad for places that are chicken wing is their, you know, is their yeah. main staple. Yeah. 11 Madison Park in New York just announced they're going to be reopening with no meat whatsoever, completely vegetarian, uh, completely uh, plant-based menu. And at first I thought, wow, that seems modern, right? Yeah. It's brilliant. It's brilliant because they've actually figured out a way to get rid of the expensive proteins. There's lots you can do with veg and all that, and that's great. Yeah. But we're not a place that does that. You know, we sell beer and, and burgers. And it did give people a chance to reset. You know, certainly we we've reset at the local government level. Yes. Businesses have reset. Restaurants have re that has been. There hasn't been a lot of good things, but that's been one thing where we. Yeah. Like I was in the, at the county meeting and they talked about their core mission now. They've kind of funneled it and they know what their core mission is. To me, that's important. I think everybody needs to do that, you know, Yeah. when it comes to running their business or running the government or, you know, you know. Well, any, anything, or your life. any menu item that we were always on the fence about getting rid of that maybe was fussy or, or we only sold a few, but we didn't want to alienate those few customers that really were loyal to that menu item. We're like, we've got to take the opportunity now to get rid of it. Yeah. You know, the, uh, one of the things that we did well is Reuben. It would stop up the line. It was, you know, one of those things. So it doesn't exist. It yeah. may still exist here in Fayetteville, but it doesn't exist at the other restaurants right now. Um, it, was, it was purchased heavily here for some reason and not there. But my point is, I've had that since 2002 on our menu. I'm like, we can't get rid of the Reuben. Yeah. Yeah. And we were able to reset. You're right. Um, there was a bunch of things like that that we were that there was some blessings in there for sure. Are you gonna go outside again? Because I've said the county he should do the exact same thing, even though that just blanket wide, every outdoor seating area can be yes. opened back up again. I yeah. think we should. I mean, we want to do it. We want people. We want to give the opportunities for restaurants or any outdoor shop to have an opportunity. To, yeah. To get people because they do feel safer a little bit outside. So sure. you plan on doing that again? Absolutely. I it was thought, so nice to see people. I know, Sorry. it brought it was great so to see energy people. to the it was, Yeah, you drive by and you see two people outside having a drink and eating something, and you're like, this is nice. This when, makes it feel nice. When we first started, you know, when that happened last year, you called me and said, hey, go put, do what you got to do, right? Sure. And we, I appreciated that. Um, and we were, you know, we had ordered tables and things, and, and we put them out. It was great. It was always something I thought was missing from this village. So one of, one of the things maybe local government can do is figure out how to put a little cafe permit together. Yeah. to allow for that, you know, additional insured and all the things the city does, sidewalk permits, because it brings energy, yeah. right? When you go to these little, you know, Greenville, South Carolina, it's got a great little downtown. Oh, my God. I went to a conference there. Oh. I could not believe how nice well, that know, was. White lights in the trees yeah. and people eating on the sidewalk. Yeah. And, and, wow, that's energy and that's life. That's vibrance. Yeah. So I, I always thought that was missing from the village. And this has been a nice side effect of that. So maybe that goes into like an actual permanent. So yeah. the answer is yes. That's the long version. Yes, the answer is yes. We're, we're going outside. We're now trying to schedule our parade for Memorial Day 
and uh, it literally is like everything has changed and how we do and what we do but I think about walking up and there's always people parked here in front of your place and, mm-hmm. and I was sitting there trying to figure out what could we do to local businesses to, to maybe get them involved but then I thought it's Memorial Day let them have the day off let them relax you know not have to yeah, do we something don't, but we don't you know, open yeah so but to me it's trying to get back to normal it's sure. trying to but and letting people sit outside to me is something we should probably do right. all along we should just say it's okay every year from June 1st to August the end of August yeah you know because that's your that's really your busy you know for the summer season sure You're busy but sure. that's really the time where because it gets dicey before or after to do it yeah certainly there it's um I was gonna say you and I talked about uh, a, a floating not a floating deck but something sitting in yeah. the parking spots out front yeah. uh, like New York and Toronto does mm-hmm. they go from the curb out and they just they gobble up that section for the summertime I think yeah. the city of Toronto may even take a, a, a rent for it mm-hmm. it's a really nice idea and again it, it and this is pre-covid this is just what they do up there yeah. it adds this you know again it just adds this energy and ambiance you know they control it it's you know it's closed down by a certain time of day but it's we should work on that more. to me it's always not about revenue it's about bringing people into your community that want when they come in they go oh my god that's nice think about it we have green lakes we have you know the swan pond in manlius we have down in manoa they've got lewis park there's so many beautiful things that are going on in this town we just want people to like mm-hmm. forget about the revenue just come and live here go to the schools esm and fm and the police and fire mm-hmm. have that quality of life you know we were honored to be 49th in the state best places to live, Fayetteville was. Really? But to me, yeah, everything, Manliness, Fayetteville, it should have been the town of Manliness because sure. we all are very similar and all very alike. But yeah, to me, that's what it's about. It's about bringing people in and mm-hmm. letting them be part of this community and being all encompassing. So, well, I want to thank you so much. You're welcome. Ta- we could go literally for hours, but I, absolutely. You know, I'm getting the, the, we're almost done. So thank you so much uh, for being on this. And, You're welcome. Um, please uh, you go to peoplefrosen.com if you want to see this video or on your podcast, you can listen to it. So thank uh, you so much. I wish you the best of luck. Thank you. Thank you. Well, there it is, everybody. Again, thank you so much for listening to the People for Olsen podcast. We really hope that you've been enjoying each and every single episode. Don't forget to stay up to date on everything happening with the campaign by visiting us online at peopleforolson.com and then subscribe to the podcast. That way you'll be up to date the moment a new episode is released. Well, thank you so much for checking out this week's episode. We're going to catch you next week back here on the People for Olsen podcast. (music) 